You're listening to News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained since January 1997. We began our 25th year in broadcasting in January 2022 and we're just getting started. Exploring the edge of human consciousness and possibility on planet Earth with founder and journalist Nicole Marie Whitney at the helm. What's really real and what's really possible? That is what we want to know. Join us at newsforthesoul.com newsforthesoul.com And that needs to be updated because it's almost 2024 and that'll make it 27th year in broadcasting. I'm here to do one of my favorite things. It's always been my favorite thing to do. Uh, Introduce you to a new member of the News for the Soul family. The show, Voice of Spirit and Jerry Lynn. St. Joseph is who you're getting to meet. Let's bring her on and make sure we've got a connection here before I ask my famous first question and get things rolling. Geraldine, are you there? Aloha. Yes, I am. <laughs> Yay. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> there was a little pause, so I had a slight panic, but there you are. Okay, good. <laughs> this really helps the interview process along immensely. If we're both here and we can hear each other. So, welcome. Um, yes. I like to start all the uh, introduction interviews with my famous first question because it's the place that truly connects us on our authentic quest to find out what's really real and what's really possible. Um, It's kind of made us into this grassroots movement over a quarter of a century plus. (laughs) Apparently I'm getting old and uh, we're still here. (laughs) But that is the place that connects us is that authentic quest for what's really real and what's really possible and um, a lot of this uh, including me myself actually it's one of the things that drove me to do this is having experiences with things outside the 3d norm um, set us on a new path get our attention maybe scare the crap out of us um, but definitely get us to question the true nature of reality And so we start with those experiences because they're fun to share. And it's a question that we don't normally ask in the world. And I think it's one of the first questions we should ask because then we can be comparing notes. So (laughs) after this long preamble, what's your first earliest experience of something outside the 3D norm? And then we can go on to your more profound ones after that. Okay. (laughs) I have never been in 3D. <laughs> um, in in the way that I was born this way and I thought everybody was the same and was seeing all the same stuff that I was seeing. I had no uh, recognition that other people did not experience the world the way I do. And so I would say probably when I was really young and the first time somebody was telling me that um, that they were not experiencing the same thing I was experiencing. And, and my mom sat me down and, and told me that uh, I was, quote, unquote, different. So I would say so, probably in grade school. Right. So including up to then, what kinds of things, like let's define what you're, you were seeing and experiencing. So, like, my dad talks about me being in my crib, and I would always have this light with me that I would play with. That was not a physical Mm. light. It was, like, just, like, 
a light that would bounce around me and play with me and make me laugh and whatnot. And to me, that's Gabriel, who is my primary guide. Um, and it was something that some members of my family could see, but not everybody. And so that would be one thing. Another thing is like uh, when I look at things, a lot of times I see not necessarily auras, but energy sparking off of things, especially if I'm looking at like the ocean, the sky, uh, where I have a broader view of things. I get just like these flashes and streams. And like um, when we have solar flares, to me it looks like it's, it's raining outside, but it's like an odd kind of rain. But I know it's mm. not raining because it's not affecting things the same way, but it's not inside the house. It, I can only see it outside the house. Stuff like that. I'm curious about the light. Um, I had one of those, too, uh, when I was a little older. Um, But it would always stay behind my head, so I'd always turn my head to try to see where the source of the light was. Um, It was always when I was in bed at night. Yeah, and it would just keep Mm -hmm. turning away, like, so that, you know, it would turn with my head. And uh, but I always got a sense from it of comfort and uh, like it was deliberately there to um, comfort and uh, make things easier. Did you yeah, get like a, really cool. a communication or something with it? Well, I think from when I was a baby, it was just like talking to anybody else or being around anybody else, except it was just like this bright. Um, and it would be in front of me. I mean, it would, like, I would try to catch it and play with it when I was little. Um, as I got older, one of the things that's really cool is I like being in really, really dark. Like, especially if I'm going to go to sleep or whatever, I, I like it to be really, really dark in my room. Like, you can't see your hand in front of your face. And I will ask Gabe, I'll be like, can we lighten it up so I could see? And, it, and the room will get brighter. So I could see not mm-hmm. as bright as like putting on a, a light bulb, but bright enough that I can make out what's around me. Well, that's fine. So, so you uh, have a communication yeah. set up. Yeah, it's really, it's Is there really any, I just talk like else I talk to anybody been... else. Right. Is there any um, other communication incidents you can recall? Well, we had a ghost in our – well, we had several ghosts that would traverse our house, but we had one ghost that was in Ooh. our house. And I would feel him. It was a child, a young boy. I think he was like seven or eight. And I would hear him walk from the front room into the back room, and my bedroom was the back room. And he would walk up to my bed and, like, kind of stand over me, and you just hear – and that's – I mean, I could feel him, but then you'd hear that. That was audible. <laughs> And so I called him the sighing ghost. And once I got more used to dealing with him and, and like, I could sense him better and stuff, like, he's another one who would play with me. I would go to take my nightgown out of my drawer, and he'd grab it and throw it across the room. You know, I'd have to go get it. <laughs> or, like, you go into the bathroom, and he's unrolling the toilet paper like a cat <laughs> just to get attention. Um, I did get his story at one point. Um, He was not, it was not as easy to communicate with him as it is with Gabe. I think maybe because Gabe has been with me throughout lifetime, whereas this little boy was just a ghost. I was trapped and I was just learning to 
recognize them more. Um, and mm. it's weird because when I was really young, my older brother and I would see these two, they look like loggers, like walk past the bedroom door at night. And you'd hear them um, walking around the house and we would see them like full figure, 3D. And we'd be like, Mom, there's men up here. And she's like, they're not bothering you. Go to sleep was my mother's response. So we were never taught <laughs> not to trust our gifts, you know. And not no, that my other good. siblings yeah. necessarily really embraced theirs. Um, but we we all have them to some extent. And I think it's through both lines of the family, although there's nobody like I can point to and say like, oh, you know, this person was a reader and, and that kind of thing. I just know that yeah. grandmother was very gifted. We used to, she died when I was 12. Before she died, uh, if you remember the old phone. You talked about getting older. I'm 55 now. It's like I would go and I'd pick up the phone, and my mother would be like, why are you picking up the phone? It didn't ring. And my grandmother would be on the other side. Like it didn't even get a chance <laughs> to ring, and I'd be picking it up. And she would do the same thing to me. Drove my mother crazy. She, she would get so <laughs> aggravated. Let it ring. I know you can hear my mother ring, but let it ring. She would say, you know. And that is so the, like I, I had certain people we're looking for. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love it. We And I had the same kind of a connection with my dad. Um, he and I always got sick at the same time, even to the point where we both got COVID at the same time. Uh, and I would tell my mom, like I would start not feeling well. I'm telling my mom, like, daddy's on his way home from work. And she's like, no, he's not. And I'm like, yeah, he's, he's on his way home from work. And 10 minutes later, he'd walk in the door and be like, I, I don't feel well. I had to leave work. And again, drove my mom nuts because she wanted to have that kind of connection with us. Like she would even have us, mm. we would sit in a lotus position, me, her, and my brother. And she would try to project thoughts to us and things <laughs> like that. She's very sensitive, uh, but for whatever reason, like we – we didn't hit on that level. I think we hit on it at a more of a empathic level. Like we're emotionally, we could feel each other, but not like to the point right. of words or being able to put words to it. Like, like my father and I were, um, like even when I lived in Hawaii and he was still in Philly, if I was having a really rough day, all of a sudden I'd get a phone call from him and be like, what's going on? I'm fine. Don't oh. lie to me. What's going on? You know? So, it was uh, really a strong, intense connection with, with certain people. And I, I learned how to, like, open that up and close it with other people, which is how I read. Um, I do my readings and, and things. So how did you learn to open it? I think was when I was going through puberty, I shut, I tried to shut everything down. So um, I shut everything off. Uh, I remember in puberty, I, puberty was not, I was not a happy camper. <laughs> as I'm sure a lot of uh, people as they're going through <laughs> puberty, it's not the easiest time of your life. And then at the end of puberty, I started to not like the idea that I, I wasn't feeling anything. It felt very empty to me to be shut off 
like that because it's not my Mm. natural state. So um, when I was 19, I was in a a car accident where a drunk driver hit us head on. I was the only one in the car. My car was being pushed by my boyfriend and his friend. Um, She hit us. They estimated going like 55, 60 miles an hour, and I basically stopped her with my legs. I I stood on the brakes. So even though no one else got hurt, I had a lot of damage. So um, because of that accident and because I was in so much pain and I was being told I couldn't have kids and that I couldn't, I wasn't going to be able to walk unless I had these surgeries and all this other stuff, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I am 19 years old. I am not living the rest of my life like this. (laughs) If I'm supposed to survive this, I need to heal. So then I I started doing things to force myself to be able to do things that the doctor said I couldn't do. I never did get the surgery. I healed my back. Uh, I do have a child. And I just refused to be dormant. So at that point, in order to be able to do those things, um, I started working at the theaters, movie theaters. I worked for AMC and I worked for Regal and a couple other theater companies. And I had someone working with me who was a psychic, a professional psychic, and I was, like, doing card readings and stuff for my friends and things like that. And she was like, you know, before we get to the reading story, I really think we need to hear the whole healing story. (laughs) That is part of the healing story. That's part of it. Like, I, I met this woman. And I she want to miss me, that bit because it's a good bit. <laughs> yes. She taught me um, the white light meditation. That was the first time I was exposed to that. And doing the white light meditation, I felt so much better. And then I figured out, um, Gabriel kind of instructed me, showed me how to rebuild things in my body. So what I do is I pull the white light energy and I focus on things like I focused on I had a crushed disc um, I was bone on bone so I, I focused on building that disc back up it took a year of doing it every night but show where the disc was basically non-existent to a very healthy disc my my back is healthier now at 55 than it was when I was 19 and I would focus on these different parts of my body and it would rebuild because it would send it the, the energy that it needed. And what I would do is look at a, a, a body atlas, you know, and I would focus on what the musculature and the, and the bone system look like healthy. And I would look at my x-rays and stuff. I still love looking at x-rays and things like that. <laughs> I like looking inside the body. And <laughs> I looked at my stuff and I would morph it into the, the heels. And I would do that every day until I could feel the difference. And then um, it worked. It doesn't always 100%. Like my back, it did 100%. Like I don't have sciatica. I don't have any of the lower back problems that I had. Um, But like with having a child, once I had my child, uh, then I couldn't have any kids after that. I didn't find that out for a long time afterwards. I have 16 years afterwards. Um, but it does work to help fortify the body and give the body the energy it needs to repair itself. So, 
That's so, the way I did the healing part. <laughs> so you visualize the x-rays. And mm-hmm. like how long, how often, walk us through it a little bit. I did, so I still, every time I get an MRI or any kind of a scan, I always get a copy of it. And now you can put it on the computer, which is awesome because back then you had like the x-rays and you had to have light behind it. But I always got copies of everything so I could physically see it. Mm. And I would look at that and then go into a meditation where I'm pulling in white light energy and sending that light to my body and I would have a picture of what it should look like. And I would kind of imagine it morphing into the healed position. That was really um, and I did it. Again. I would do it every night. Every night I did it for over a year. Probably took two or three years before I could, um, before my, my uterus was better and my, wow. um, my ovaries and everything. Because I was really, I was messed up. I was pretty messed up <laughs> from that from that accident and it was all internal stuff so like if you looked at me you wouldn't think anything was wrong except I was a host of braces everywhere holding me together uh, and I was in incredible pain but luckily I'm Romanian I'm half Romanian my dad's 100% we have these genes where we just have this crazy pain tolerance and I think that was very very helpful because without it, wow. I, I don't know that I would have survived the way I did. So, so, so just to recap, you went like two or three years mm-hmm. every day visualizing on the healthy, the healthy X-ray into the unhealthy X-ray, and did you see progress mm-hmm. every day on the way? Like, what kept me going? It was a pretty long commitment. I don't know that I saw it every day, but definitely, probably after about a month or so, it, I was hurting less and less, and I was getting more and more mobile mm. again. So I was, when I was a kid, I did a lot of ballet, and I'm very, very stretchy, <laughs> very limber. <laughs> I still am. And that was one of the things, like, if I listened to the doctors, the doctors were telling me to stay still. Um, I was supposed to be laying in my bed all the time with pillows under my knees and I had a curvature thing for my neck and, and you're supposed to rest as much as possible. And all that did was make everything feel so, so much worse. So it, it was about doing things and testing things and seeing how far I could push myself physically and then realizing all of a sudden one day I'm like, oh, I don't have that pain down my leg at all. It's gone. Like, that's amazing. I can bend all the way down, not have pain shoot down my legs. It was awesome. Um, but I think what kept me going was just plain old stubbornness. I just refused. Mm. Like, I'm not living like this. There's got to be something. i got to be able to do something. Yeah. No, that, that kind of has to energy, it, it's much stronger, isn't it? It's like you're... Yeah, you're not kind of being yeah. wishy-washy about it at all. <laughs> like, freaking happening. <laughs> and it does. Yeah. But, um, One of the so, things I did, too, was I tried working places that were going to push me physically, or I was hmm. going to learn things. So, like, I worked for a, a chiropractor, Dr. Mike, Michael Petrovsky. I think he's still in Philly. And 
working with him, I learned all kinds of things about the body and everything. And, of course, I was getting to just be able to move the energy more easily. So that really made a huge difference, too, I think. Wow. Yeah, sort of set yourself up to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no plan B. Yep. Yeah. Oh. See, I relate to all the stuff you're saying. For me, when I was building this for the soul, it was like failure is not an option. <laughs> my, my certainty, <laughs> you know, it wasn't just wasn't wasn't up for discussion. I don't know if you read my bio, but it was I defied several laws of physics. Well, I'm getting it on. I actually but, uh, started following you. I started following you in the late '90s. I went oh, back wow. and I looked. Like I, I have been following you a long time. And that's why I was so wow. excited when you contacted me. I was like, oh, <laughs> I know who this is. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, think of the changes and evolutions that we've done collectively in our consciousness <laughs> since then even, right? It's, it's, uh, oh, goodness, it's yeah. you know, a whole different field now. Um, the whole mainstream thing has flipped where sort of non- Media is the mainstream now. <laughs> it's like media is the media, <laughs> and uh, people are much more in the know and in, in their power. I think anyway. Um, over overall, um, well, that's really cool. So, so when when oh, yeah. work, can I ask you a question? You there, quick. Oh yes. My question is: When I first started uh, delving into everything and, and learning things in earnest. Um, I feel like since then, and we're talking like 88, 1988 to now, I feel like some of the, the rules have changed for energy work yeah. and reading well, sometimes, and stuff. And not sometimes only outside, like the old but, stuff doesn't work. Because yeah. there needs to be a freshness to it. Yeah. It's, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know why that is. So, I, I mean, that has to be that way because mm-hmm. otherwise we would go into auto mode and ego mode and coast along. You know what to do. <laughs> yeah. It's evolution. Yeah. yeah. Evolution. <laughs> Sucks, eh? I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So I'm yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you when you were trying to ask a question. No, no. They, it was a good question because, you know what, if you had it, I certainly had it. I certainly yelled up you know, heavenward direction about it many times, <laughs> right? Like, what the yeah. hell? I'm doing it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's kind of like when the first time I transitioned from newspaper, publishing a positive news newspaper to, like, a website, multimedia, way before it's time. We crashed all the browsers when they got there, if they got there. <laughs> um, and yeah. then into terrestrial radio and um you know, this was like a huge station, huge coverage. Like, at, my upstairs team is really good. <laughs> so they just clunked me in there. Not, you know, I, I had no idea how big it was until I got there. And I was like, oh, crap. And <laughs> so I wrote up like a script, <laughs> you know, the first show. Mm-hmm. And my upstairs team let me read about half a sentence or two and then Blurred out oh. my vision. Couldn't see a damn thing. <laughs> like I had to connect up. I had to be in the moment and connect up. And that's kind of the metaphor for this, too. As, as soon as we get into 
you know, oh, I know what to do, go to my pattern, and then, you know, you're not connecting up, and you're not in that right. moment. So, Eckhart Tolle oh, was exactly. right about the in-the-moment thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Me chill. <laughs> I forgot where I was completely. Oh, I know where I was. Thank you. They just gave it to me. They're so good. Um, <laughs> so, uh you, you get to the point, two or three years, ta-da, you're, you're healed. What happens next? What happens next is, uh, so I tried to work in corporate America. I am very good at business, very good at marketing and things like that. However, I generally last about a year in a normal job. It just doesn't, I just don't fit. Like once I fix everything and get them up and running, suddenly I'm not necessary and I get booted. So I realized um, mm. by 92, I realized that I, I can work a part-time job, but I, I'm not meant for corporate America. This is just not what I'm supposed to be doing. And I tried several times. I even tried again recently. It just doesn't work. And um, so I started to do more with, going out on my own, creating my own business. And then in 94 was when I actually went and became a professional um, a professional reader where I actually put my name out there. I had business cards. I did parties. I did things like that. And that's how uh, since 94 has made, that's been my consistent business. All these years wow. doing so how did the you know, psychic work. How did you know work. how to do that? Like, where did you go? What did you do? How did you know how to do it? How did that all the happen? The business part of it or the psychic part of it? Yeah. The psychic part. So the business part of it. Well, the psychic okay. business part. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> right. So, so the business part of it, I have a degree from uh, Temple University. I have um, concentrations in law and psychology. And my degree is in communications where we do a lot of advertising, marketing, and that kind of thing. When I work for the movie theaters, I have a film degree with all this stuff under it. When I work for the movie theaters, I did a lot of their marketing and promotions. I work with Disney. I work with Paramount and that kind of thing. And I loved it. And I've worked in film in all kinds of different ways. So that's where the – and then where the, the part came with the – becoming a professional psychic was having an employee who got paid for, to do readings um, wow. who talked me into, into trying it. And I did. And from that job, I left that job in January of 94. And then within a couple of months, I had established myself as a psychic intuitive. I still do business consulting and that kind of stuff on the side. But that always has its intuitive side to it because that's how right. I operate. It's got to be – right. I can make it sound logical, <laughs> but <laughs> it's because that's the way that Gabe and Spirit are telling us that this is the way to move. This is the, the clearer path. So I did not take um, – I didn't take classes. I didn't learn from other people for the most part. I learned from Gabriel. If I had a question, I would ask. If I had um, the way I, I've learned about different talents and whatnot, is people will just come up to me and ask me to do things, 
And I'm like, oh, no, I haven't done that before. And then I ask Gabe, and Gabe's like, oh, you do this. And then I do it. And that's how I discovered, like, energy healing and um, different things like that part of my wheelhouse. Yep. Again, I can relate. I got all those, that early website I talked about, <clears throat> I did that. I didn't hire people to do that. And I didn't know how to do that. And my upstairs and you team would tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there, but there was one yeah. night I, I, was, uh, I was on this frenzy. They were pushing me time-wise. It was just before mm-hmm. 9-11. And um, I was trying to get this one thing in place. And I was, you know, like, just resting on the couch. Two in the morning, I had to get up and take kids to school, you know. And I thought, oh, I just mm-hmm. lie down for a bit. And they woke me up, like, shook me awake, going, view and browser and save pages. View and browser and save pages. And that was the solution to finding the thing I needed on the, <laughs> on the mm-hmm. um, software that I was trying to figure out. But, you know, I had to remind them at that point, it's really great that you're that specific, but... Um, I need to sleep sometimes. <laughs> I'm in a body of human nature. So, yeah, but it, they, it can come that, that specific, so I totally get it. Totally yeah. amazing. Wow. Um, yeah, so, and that's okay. something they always so forget, said, don't they? They don't understand. Oh, my God. They don't understand we have time, a timeline. Yeah, and they don't bodily functions sleep and, and eat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the basics. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but it's, yeah, I, you know, the one thing I know is they're never wrong. They never went on that, when that guidance system comes in. And a, a really interesting comment was on a, a recent show. Um, uh, one of the hosts was talking about when spirits communicating how you know. It's not something I would have thought mm-hmm. of. It's not something I didn't even knew about, right? It's like just mm-hmm. random new information being fed to me. So it's it's so specific, so clear. Makes it pretty easy to follow when you when you've got that going on. So you've got your shingle yeah. up, everything's happening. Where'd you go from there? Oh you're making me think back. <laughs> A long, long way. Um <laughs> Well I had um what's interesting is a lot of my doing readings <laughs> And not that I say, oh, I do business stuff too, but it's like, for whatever reason, I, I get a lot of business people. I've had a lot of lawyers, a lot of judges uh, and doctors. The people that everybody else who's not in this industry think, oh, they would never do that or believe that. When they when they get stuck, they will call one of us that they know is reputable and be like, um, how do I do this? <laughs> what is this? Um, I think what I did after that was, I start. I did a newsletter also. It was called Your Metaphysical Minute. I did that for a minute, um, and eventually, over time, I ended up to Hawaii. I had a client out in Hawaii who I had done a reading for her, and I told her she was going to be living on an island, palm trees, and she was going to be near a beach. It's like that's no. I know that's not going to happen. And then the next thing I knew, she called me. She's like, "Guess what?" <laughs> I got offered a job in Hawaii and I'm taking it. So I was turning 30 and she goes, for your 30th birthday, if you get yourself out of here, I will take care of everything else and show you the islands and everything. So I was like, oh, it's awesome. And I went with my, my new baby who was uh, just, I think she was going to be, she was just a year old. 
and a couple of months. And we went. It was fantastic. And we talked about me going out and staying for six months and being six months in Philadelphia. So I went out the second time, and I was supposed to be there for uh, two weeks or something. And I was being challenged to stay by some of the people that I had met. And then Mm. I said to Spirit, I'm like, Spirit, I am a single woman with a an 18-month-old baby, and I have $200 in my pocket and one suitcase. If I'm supposed to stay, you got to make it real, real easy. I need a job <laughs> where I will have a consistent income, and I can keep my child with me. I need a car to get to that job, and I need some place to live that's reasonable enough for me to be able to pay to live there. So within a couple of hours, I got offered a job working at a mechanic where they were giving me a car. Within two days, I had an apartment in Hawaii in what's called the Valley of Magic, two-bedroom apartment for $200 a month. (laughs) Even at that time, that was, like, unheard of. And I was like, all right, uh, you got me. I'm here. And that's how we got to Hawaii. So that is amazing. I find that if you're the more specific you are, the more specific spirit can be in delivering what you need. And it's about mm. you, like I wasn't considering I need to have a job making X amount of money. I, it was more like I need a consistent job. I need things to be affordable for me. And this is what it looks like. And then spirit delivered because I would have never thought to ask for an apartment for two hundred dollars a month. Like, who thinks of that? <laughs> you know? Right. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, I gotta I'm just thinking yeah. in my head and I gotta be way more specific about some stuff. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so how long yeah. were you? I in don't put the robots up. Uh, yeah. we were oh. in Hawaii, I raised my child there. So the first time I was oh. there, we were there for a year. Then we came back to Philly for a year. We lived in Colorado for a year and then we went back home to Hawaii and we were there close to a decade. And then when my nice. child turned 13, we moved back to the mainland. We took three and a half months where we traveled through 27 states and oh, wow. ended up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We've been, I've driven through every state in the United States except for Alaska. Wow. Were you like, like intuitively trying. traveling, seeing where to go or was, <laughs> how random was it? <laughs> we sort of had a plan, but it was more like, I guess it was more intuitive. Every time I try to do things, like when we moved to Colorado, I was planning on moving to Colorado. I was, I went ahead of time and interviewed places. I tried to find some place to live. I did all this stuff to prepare for it. Every single thing fell through. <laughs> but when I said, I'm going to go to Colorado, I'm going to be there on this date, get it ready for me. I went and then everything worked out. So I I don't really have a choice a lot of time <laughs> about making plans. God just falls right out of heaven when I make. So where did where does your story go next? Well, uh, we were in Hawaii for a year. I was part of Unity Church uh, at Diamond Head, <clears throat> and I took care of the children from. I think that time it was from like five years old, I'd say, uh, until the teens. 
<clears throat> and we would do different things all the time. Uh, like I did lesson plans and stuff like that. I enjoyed that. Um, mm-hmm. We ended up moving back to Philly. And I was here for a year. I had a, a job making the most money I've ever made at working for a computer company. And I learned how to do search engine optimization and marketing and all this stuff that was very avant-garde at that time. Pair me so that when I came back to Hawaii, I ended up with the job that I had for 16 years, um, which was great, except the, the company I was working for uh, during the crash, when, when there was the dot-com crash, that crashed. So we ended up moving to Colorado. I lived on a farm, loved it. We had horses and all kinds of animals, even had cougars. Oh, wow. And I really love being around the animals because I feel a, um, a lot of synergy with them. And um, mm. so Did you say cougars? Then we went from there, we went back to Hawaii. Cougars, yeah. We had two cougars. My uncle, oh, wow. um, cougars at one point, one male, two females. And then when we got there, the male had passed. And he had the two females. And then we ended up getting a, a bobcat came because he was zoned as a zoo whenever people were caught with illegal pets, like they would call him, and then he would take care of them. Oh. So, like, he had oh. the licensing or whatever to take care of these uh, these animals. And it was fun because, so Jessie was bottle-fed from when she was little. From Well, of course. She was bottle-fed, and my, my uncle had her. For, for her whole life. So she was like a big house cat. Now, that's not to say oh. that you treat them the same way. You don't, but they still like to play with sticks. And, like, <laughs> I would roll an egg in, and she'd pop the egg all over the place. Then when she'd be done with it, she'd smash it and lick it up. Um, and she would call to me when I would come out of the house. She would, she would, like, make this chirpy noise to get my attention to come over and pet her and stuff. She was she was really cool. Oh. Uh, I miss Jeff. What a gift. Yeah, it was really amazing. And my daughter was in preschool and had told her class that she had cougars, and they all called her a liar. So we had the class come to the farm, cougars. And they were all like, whoa, (laughs) you really have a cougar. Like, yeah, I told you. So that was really cool. Um, and then from there we went back to Hawaii. Hawaii and, yeah. yeah, that's that awesome. <laughs> I love so, I love living in Hawaii. Then you left best. again. I loved Colorado too. Colorado, I loved living on the farm, but in Hawaii, I just love all of Hawaii. Mm. We lived in Oahu, which is the main island where Waikiki is, um, and I lived in a place called Kailua most of the time that we were there. It's wow. I feel like you'd have so many stories along the way. I'm keeping one eyeball on the time. <laughs> so where are you now? <laughs> now I'm just outside of Philadelphia in one of the suburbs called Brookhaven. And I am looking to go back to Hawaii probably within the next year or two. Um, oh, wow. And I might okay. land in Maui instead of Oahu this time. Yeah. I've uh, I've kept all my all my peeps. And the thing with Hawaii is that 
people are very mobile. So mm, traveling, yes. I was supposed to be staying with, with family because our family is ginormous. And what ended up happening was we had a, an unfortunate death in the family and everybody went up to New York for that. So I couldn't because of having my car and all my possessions and my child with me. Um, so on the way back home or back to Philly, we stayed with all people that I knew from Hawaii who I'd met there and befriended. Either they were there on vacation or they were people who lived there and then moved back to the mainland. And that was my whole network that helped me out as I was coming back. Beautiful. While you're mm-hmm. still building your um, your uh, clientele for intuitive readings, and uh, is it intuitive readings that you're offering or yeah. are there other aspects yeah. to it? I I do um I do readings using a variety of different different things like I could do handwriting, I do scrying, I work with gemstones, I do different cards. The way I look at it is once you learn how to open up to your intuition, your psychic abilities, um you can read just about anything because all you're doing is picking up on the engine, the energy. It's giving you a focal point. And I also teach people how to read a variety of different things and how to open up their intuition. And I also do um, a lot of coaching specifically for relationships, not just uh, romantic relationships, but all types of relationships, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your family members, your relationship with your significant other, your relationship with God, and your romantic relationships and your friends. Um, And I do different forms of energy healing. I tend to be pretty good at the medical intuitive stuff, although I don't really um, find me. I, I, I tend to have people finding me in weird ways and calling me like mm-hmm. my name was mentioned on the beach once in Kailua and that's how I got a client. So <laughs> it's like, it's weird. And I'm also an author. I have several books on Amazon as eBooks and I have a couple that are in print like paranormal activity. What are you dealing with? And paranormal activity, um, psychic self-defense for every day. Hmm. Oh, and Excellent. and I, I do uh, YouTube, you know, lots of stuff. Stuff. Um, and we need stuff yeah. going out there in all directions these days because, holy cow, I don't think we thought 2024 was going to look like this. <laughs> Pending, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, just the state of where the way it's unfolding or unraveling is interesting. Very entertaining, as Daniel Brinkley has said many times. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. So at this point, uh, I am being directed by my upstairs team to ask you to do an example reading, impromptu, unplanned, uh, with me for a few minutes. (laughs) No pressure. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, no no pressure. No pressure. (laughs) That's so funny. All right. So... The way I like to do my readings is I like to go in cold. Um, we do not start with a question. We yes. always start with what spirit wants you to know. 
not what you think you need to know. Because I've found over time that thinks is important. Most of the time, it's not the same thing. You know, they may intersect here and there, but. Agreed. There's always a a bigger picture. So that's what we go for. Love it. Yeah. The second thing is I am from Philly, so I speak rather quickly. So if you need me to slow down, just say slow down or go yo. Okay. <laughs> well, it's being recorded. It's a South Philly call for attention. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So because right now you're going through a period of time where you're really needing to sort through what is truth and what is, I'm not going to say fiction, but what is not totally the truth. Um, the sense I get is that you are going through like a rebirth where things are going to get bigger, stronger, better, faster. Yeah. But you need to be careful of some of what you're following. Um, like some, I don't know whether it's people necessarily, but it's, it's kind of like really sorting through things to see what's going to work for your best without having any kind of pre pre-knowledge or pre, uh, preconceived notions about it. So really go mm. in very objective when you're looking at things. And I feel like this has more to do with business than it does almost anything else. And, again, it is okay. about a rebirth. So it's, it's about growth and getting the most out of what you're doing. Um, and it's also saying that even though things are going to be very different, the core is still going to be the same. So that's what that feels like to me. Um, The sense I get also is that you are, (laughs) you're going to love this, you are starting a new learning curve. Yeah, there's Uh. another one. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, But you'll do it. You'll do it. It takes a little bit of spirit of saying, don't undermine yourself with doubt or fear. Don't. Don't hook into any of that, which cognitively we know, but sometimes it's nice to be reminded of um, that sometimes you're your own worst enemy trying to do too much at the same time. So Spirit is saying as this mutation takes place and as things change and you're learning new things, allow it to settle in. I know there's a sense of urgency, but at the same time, they're saying, you know, going fast doesn't always win the race. You know, sometimes it just trips you up. But just be right. careful with that. Um, Spirit is saying that you're there's a, a cycle that you've been a cycle that you've been in that you've done a couple of times. You're saying this cycle is coming to an end, and that <clears throat> it feels like whatever this piece is, it feels like a very definitive end. So it feels like something. It, feels kind of like it's pulling from, it's a cycle that you brought with you into this lifetime from a past life. They're not showing me exactly what it is, but they're telling me that Hmm. whatever you were supposed to finish there, the bow is on it. You're done. Am I going to know that it's done? (laughs) Well, I feel like, I feel like part of you is going to resist. Not continuing because That's why I'm asking. you're going to feel like it, <laughs> I'm wondering if it's I know. something. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. You will. 
but I feel okay. like you, you kind of resist it because you're like, but no, I'm used to this. This is how it's been. I think maybe that's why we were talking so much about how much things have evolved over yeah. time. Because that's really important for you to really um, sit with. And um, are you? You're on YouTube, aren't you? Well, kind of. Um, about 15 years ago, I got all caught up in the belly dance um, scene. Ended up teaching. Ended oh, up yeah. having a performance troupe. And so it's like news for the soul yeah. stuff and a million belly dance videos. <laughs> so I have to, you know get in there or get hire someone to get in there and separate it all and <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> yeah, because Which is what happened to two I'm of my Facebook is... accounts as well. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you you <laughs> need to like it's it's time to make a choice as to which direction you're gonna focus on. I feel like YouTube is important and that um it's something where it will serve you especially moving forward, it's going to bring you a lot more. There's something about the whole YouTube thing, though, that I feel like there's resistance mm. to. So that's something that, yeah, that you yeah, need to look at. Yeah. And remember, yeah. Yeah. you could put co- podcasts like this on YouTube and just have pictures or whatever. You don't, It doesn't have to be live. It that's doesn't true. have to be video of us chatting. It can just be pictures or, you know, like sayings of the day or whatever you want to put up there. Um, but for whatever reason, Spirit's saying YouTube is very important for you to move forward. And don't feel like you have been a failure at that or like that there's fear going into that direction. You'll do just fine, and I feel like that's that's really a part of your growth. Um, I also feel like there's opportunity there for you. And there's a big opportunity coming, and it has to do more with films or television, but I get like the entertainment field in that way. Hmm. But I feel like it's more, it has to do with visuals, with creating visuals. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, and I don't want to go into I can, I can uh, personal. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been an open book for like 22 <laughs> years on the air. Um but, you know, I, I can validate everything you're saying as I've been getting, uh, you know, messages saying the same thing, similar things, and, and that I can be serving, you know, taking it to a whole new level if I especially deal with all the social media stuff. And, uh, you know, just it got on a to-do list that got, just got huge. But the other thing I wanted to say was um, just before this interview, I had a – I'm looking out a basement – level uh, window in the studio office and um, there's like a very low bushy hedge kind of thing in front of the window and a hummingbird just flew up to the window to look at me for about 30 seconds like literally just staring at me through the window which was a weird place for a hummingbird to think to go in the first place behind a hedge at a basement window and it was hanging out like it was definitely you know, I'm like, hi, <laughs> can I help you? <laughs> it's still hovering. <laughs> so it's a significant. Would you like some energy? Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. Going on. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, definitely uh, attracting the positive energy there. 
I could think about all, so the, the, all the parameters that, that had to fall in place for that one moment. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't normally look out this window, so the hedge, there's nothing to see. Like, that I had to look up. Yeah. I've been reflecting on that all day. Uh, but, yeah, so interesting. There's energy afoot, messages piling in. And, oh, my gosh, we're getting to the top of the hour. So um, we've got to shift it back to you because it is time to do okay. some shameless self-promotion while there is some time. Um, and this is a, a mandatory coming from place of service and heart, which I know you do already, um, to share anything about your offerings and connections. Uh, this is your time to just let it rip. Okay. I am right now I'm doing a lot of different things, obviously, but the thing that I feel that we need most right now uh, as a populace is to really clear things out and be the most that we can be. I know I sound like an army commercial, but (laughs) it's true. (laughs) So I do something called um, pulling yourself back together. Originally, I offered it as a one-day, very intense um, clearing where we did a white light clearing, we did pulling cords, we did a soul retrieval, and then we did releasing of old contracts. I found that doing it in one day is a little bit too much for most people, so I split it up so that we do one a week. I do have these recorded, so if you want to do them in your own time and do them in your own way, they're on my website, journalandstjoseph.com, and I will add them to voiceofspirit.com so you can access them easily. Um, But I do feel like we really need more than anything right now to be centered and to really be sitting in our integrity because we're getting pulled in so many different directions and being told things that we can feel in our soul are not true or are not for the best for people in general, that we need to swing back into our integrity and really ground ourselves and, and make your decisions with love in your heart. And then you'll, you'll make better decisions. So that's what I would say. I also do readings. I have a lot of my um, classes up as web classes, so you can either take them live with me directly or if you're at a point in time where I'm not offering them right at that point, I do have them on the web so you can take them as you can do them. Then you could, you know, take it over six weeks, six months, six years, however you like to learn. Beautiful. So where do they go to uh, be able to take advantage of your services? You can go to voiceofspirit.com or gerilynstjoseph.com. Gerilyn's a little more built up, but I'm going to connect the two websites so that whichever one you go to, you can find the other. But my name is kind of hard think, for people to uh, to spell <laughs> sometimes. I think we've got you all linked up to both on newsforthesoul.com. Uh, 
But, yeah, I would definitely okay. connect them up. The other one's much more radio friendly. <laughs> Boy, you have to be yeah. in line early to get that URL, eh? Voice of Spirit. Hmm. I, yes. Good job. I think it was like 2004. <laughs> Some, like, really early. I woke up with that. That and my Gabriel's trumpet are, uh, are my two. Wow. I woke Love up it. with that, and it was like, you have to do this. I'm like, what is a URL? I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were on the same weird download, fast-paced program. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see what we're going to be learning next. But um, I'm glad that you're here. It's been great to hang out with you. I feel like I was reconnecting with an old friend and uh, looking forward to our new fun adventures on the air with you. Um, again, welcome to the News for the Soul family, Geraldine. Thank you. I am I am humbled and delighted. Thank you. And she's all linked up at newsforthesoul.com. We've got some more stuff for you after this quick reset break. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Jump on them. <laughs> wow, it just stuck you back out of the screening room. See, there's definitely weird energies messing with us. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I will go check the email. Oh, she's gone. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.